Hi, this is Eric Colser, and you're listening to the Sending and Shepherding Podcast. As a pastor and Christian leader, I have two main roles and responsibilities, to help send Christians out as missionaries to the culture around them, and to shepherd the flock that God has entrusted to me. This podcast is an attempt to do both as a missiologist of the culture that Christians are sent to, and as a shepherd who desires to help teach the church how to think and live out a biblical worldview. In the last few months, there has been a couple so-called celebrity Christians that have denounced their faith and it has shaken up many of people. Uh, Marty Sampson, who has written and sung for popular worship band Hillsong, uh, posted on Instagram a uh, post that pretty much uh, questioned and doubted not only his, his faith, but Uh, Christianity uh, as a whole. He has deleted the post, but it has caused much controversy. And again, many uh, people have been upset about that. Uh, Christians, uh, unbelievers have uh, written articles uh, about it. And just uh, last month, popular Christian author, former pastor, Joshua Harris, had uh, also posted on his Instagram uh, how he had denounced his own faith in Christianity. Uh, a few weeks before, he had announced his divorce with his wife, which shocked many since he was the author of the very popular book, Christian book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, that really uh, influenced a uh, purity culture movement um, of, uh, of that topic. And uh, then a few weeks uh, uh, later, after he had posted uh, uh, about his divorce, he talked about how he, again, denounced his Christian faith. Um, Just uh, really supporting uh, the LGBTQ movement uh, and uh, and apologizing for his hurt uh, with uh, with people in that uh, movement. And uh, and at the same time, uh, announced how he. Uh, did not uh, believe that he could say that he is a, a Christian anymore. And again, there were just many, many people, especially Christians, that were affected and upset about it. In fact, when Joshua Harris had posted that and it started spreading on news, Facebook, Twitter, there was even three different people that contacted me uh, privately uh, about it. Uh, two people that was in my former youth group in Columbus, Ohio, and one person from the church that I currently pastor right now. And uh, this uh, deals with uh, the the matter of uh, Christian apostasy, uh, something that is not new, but has been around for a while, uh, especially regarding those who are so-called celebrity Christians. In fact, I uh, remember several years back when two very popular mainstream recording artists uh, that proclaimed to be Christians at one time and at the same time as they kind of made it in the, the world, um, that some one com- still proclaimed to be a Christian, that uh, I remember writing a blog post and speaking to others uh, about them. Uh, one was uh, the uh, artist now known as Katy Perry, 
but used to be a Christian artist under the name of Katie Hudson, and even had a Christian song, one that was called Faith Won't Fail, where lyrics included, you could throw me in the fire and I won't be burned for my faith is your desire and your love endures. You could throw me in the prison cell, shackle me up against the rail, but time and time again, my faith won't fail. For he'll prevail in the midst of it all, my trials and tribulations, and he'll prevail in the midst of all my sin and temptations. He'll prevail when I and he will pick me up for time and time again. My faith won't fail time and time again. My faith won't fail. And again, many songs on her first Christian album under that name of Katie Hudson, her uh, her uh, her real name, uh, that, that talked about her love and her faith in Jesus. She even toured with uh, Christian bands uh, such as Newsboys and and LaRue and other popular 90s bands. And then uh, after uh, that whole time, uh, seven years later, she uh, started singing to a different tune. Uh, in fact, her, her hit single um, um, uh, that kind of made her uh, more popular was a song called I Kissed a Girl with the lyrics. Uh, was completely different from everything that was on her first Christian album uh, with lyrics such as I kissed a girl, liked it, the taste of her cherry chapstick. I kissed a girl just to try it. I hope my boyfriend don't mind. It felt so wrong, yet it felt so right. Uh, doesn't mean I'm in love t- tonight. And so again, with a new name, new attitude, and even a new look, she reemerged in the music scene as Katy Perry, what everybody knows her as now, um, and has had many, many singles, top-selling albums um, that has peed off tons of Christians after, including her own parents, who were both evangelical ministers in a Pentecostal church. In fact, when that uh, song that I just read, the lyrics uh, came out, her mom said uh, this about that song, I hate it. It clearly promotes homosexuality and its message. It's shameful and disgusting. Katie knows how I feel. We're a very outspoken family. She knows how disappointed her father and I are. I can't even listen to it. The first time I heard it, I was in total shock. And when it comes on the radio, I just bow my head and I pray. But again, she is not the only one in Hollywood with a a Christian background um, um, that uh, all of a sudden denounced, again, their once known faith. Um, uh, Another popular artist was Jessica Simpson. And uh, again, she grew up in a church and her dad, uh, Joe Simpson, uh, known as Joe Paul at the time, was a former Southern Baptist youth pastor. And uh, even he, as he transitioned out of student ministry, uh, church, and became her manager, I remember him quoting several years ago some of the sleaziest, uh, craziest quotes about his own daughter and her image and sexuality when asked about uh, her sex appeal and kind of mainstream uh, radio, um, he had said to GQ magazine, she never tries to be sexy. She just is sexy. If you put her in a t-shirt or, or put her in a bustier, she's sexy in both. She got double D's. You just can't cover those suckers up. And I remember again, reading that article and thinking, how can a former youth pastor say that a Christian proclaim Christians say that about their daughter? And again, uh, comments of just again, of their former faith then. And uh, I, I know she still says that, again, she's a Christian, but then tons of kids in the youth group at the time, parents, people would ask about these things. Um, Christians or once proclaimed Christians who are living for the world, uh, living in the world, um, and at, even denying Christ at times. 
And I couldn't but help to also think of uh, my own former pastor who led my parents to Christ. And my parents are the ones who led me to Christ when I was in high school. I grew up in a very unchurched, very dysfunctional, uh, sinful uh, family environment. And uh, that all completely changed when a pastor in Youngstown, Ohio, um, was able to uh, preach the gospel to my parents when they were at an all-time low and eventually leading my parents to Christ. And when I think of these things, I can't but help to think of, again, even him because after God used him so much, not even only just leading my parents to Christ who led me to Christ, started that uh, within our family, um, but how later on after faithfully pastoring a very healthy church in Youngstown, Ohio, and again, sharing the gospel, uh, preaching through the Bible, verse by verse, uh, in an expository manner, doing such an amazing job when it comes to shepherding, discipling, and again, creating a culture at the church that, that after I became a Christian, that, that, that helped disciple me and my family, and how later on, how he uh, not only denounced his own Christian faith, but abandoned his entire family, uh, kids, wife, and all, and ran off with a uh, lady and now is a proclaimed atheist. And again, I can get easily uh, upset and, and confused thinking, how can people who once sang, who once preached the gospel, represent the sin that they once claimed Christian Jesus redeemed them from? How how do we respond to celebrities, to pastors, to people who are close to us who once represented the gospel and now represent unrepentant sin? Are, are these celebrities, are these people, former pastors, Christians, apostates, people who abandon their Christian faith, and should we treat them in that way? And what does that tell our, 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 our teens, our kids, people in the church who's usually more familiar with Hollywood culture than Jesus? Um, and first, we must know that questions like these have been around since the beginning of time. The answers weren't clear then and won't be clear here as well. Uh, but we can learn uh, from what the church did in history with uh, those who were known to be apostates and what scripture says about people who have seemingly fallen away from their faith. And that's why we're going to talk about this today in today's podcast. Um, uh, an apostate is someone who at one time represented Jesus Christ as a Christian and has now denied their Christian faith either through their words or their actions. And this was a serious offense in the Christian church, in the history of the Christian church. In fact, it resulted in death at times when, Christi when Christianity was intermingled with the state. During the Roman Empire era, uh, Christians were tortured and killed for their faith unless they denounced their worship of Jesus. And the people who denounced Jesus either for their life or their families' lives it presented a problem for the church as some would try to come uh, back to Jesus in the church right after their denunciation of Christ. And so in church history, the, the church first denied them, believing that if they were true Christians, they never would have denied Jesus in the first place and would have been honored to die a martyr's death. And as Christian persecution increased, more and more Christians were put into this predicament and it resulted in churches to differ with each other on the repentance of these apostates or uh, those who publicly denied their faith. And of course, this is completely different 
as people uh, were who were verbally denying Christ to save their physical lives, where today in America we have people who are called apostates who deny Christ uh, through their lives, through their actions, through an Instagram post. But I, I'd ask two things about these so-called uh, celebrity uh, apostates. Uh, first, are we asking this question out of obsession with Christian celebrity? We must get rid of our obsession with the celebrity culture. Uh, whether it's Hollywood or the Christian subculture, which both of those people I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast uh, is a part of, both Josh Harris and uh, Marty Sampson from Hillsong. Uh, I know many people think of Hollywood as Satan in the world, but we really need to start thinking of them as a culture that needs redeemed and start thinking of the Christian subculture as people who claim to be redeemed as still broken, sinful people who will mess up. Uh, some of them may be going through a uh, season of rebellion, and Jesus, they are Christians, and Jesus is going to uh, pursue and bring them back. Some of them never were Christians in the first place. But when the Christian subculture was created, Christians were happy to have their own Hollywood where they can praise Jesus through their art, but at the same time satisfy their Hollywood following, and that's dangerous. Um, we have today a Christian version of movies, music, video games, and all these other things. And, and don't get me wrong. I know this has been done by people who want uh, to authentically worship Jesus, lead others in worship of Jesus, and to provide a safe, family-friendly alternative to sinful media, uh, the world out there. Uh, but the problem is, is that the Christian subculture is, again, still hu sinful human beings um, who, at their best, do nothing but point back to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, but at their worst, act like the world and the rest of the world. And so it, it, it's, it's important to know um, that we, we, can't, we can't put them on a pedestal. When they stop singing about their faith and start singing about kissing girls or, again, denouncing their faith, um, getting dropped from Christian labels for marital infidelity, um, they, we need to recognize and know that, again, we, that, that they are not Jesus themselves. And I don't bring this all up to judge these people for their sin, but to remind us that our holy Christian subculture can easily look like the world. This is normal for the average Christian at church, but it becomes a bigger deal when they're looked upon as, again, Christian celebrities. And so that's one big problem with all of this. The gospel was being heard from their mouth or seen through their actions, and it was because of Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit, not of them. When they screw up like we all do, we know that it's part of their nature, and we follow scriptures, the church, and church discipline, and a call for repentance. But we shouldn't judge them harsher than the average person sitting next to us on Sunday um, because of their Hollywood Christian status. And again, it just shouldn't be surprising. Uh, there were apostates in the early church. An apostate, again, is, is, is one who has denied um, their their faith in, in Jesus Christ, again, through, through words or, or actions. And uh, we, we, we can't be surprised that that's going to happen because the Bible talks about it a lot. Uh, the Bible um, is, is, is really honest about how there are going to be many people who started, it seemed, steadfast in the Christian faith, but later wavered. In fact, several of Jesus's parables are about what some believe is a recent phenomenon, but it's not. Uh, Jesus preached 
talked, shared parables about it. A few, even this summer, that as we, as my the church that I pastor uh, went through a series on Jesus's parables, and I talked uh, uh, about this uh, often. The book of Acts is full of examples of it, um, just like the letters of the Apostle Paul and John. This didn't start with whatever situation we are facing with, with again, so-called Christian celebrities or even those that we love, although it may feel that way, but it, it just won't end there. And again, there's just a lot of scripture that, that talks uh, about this from Jesus's own words, where in Matthew 24, 5, he says, many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ and they will mislead many that that of course is is dealing more with um um false uh, uh, prophets in that way uh but Jesus also says in um um uh, Matthew 24 9 through 12 though they that then they will deliver you to tribulation will kill you and you will be hated all by nations because I mean because of my name at that time many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another and there will be many false prophets that will arise and will mislead many because lawlessness is increased and most people's love will grow cold. Um, in Luke 8, 13, um, when talking and explaining a parable, those in the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and those who have no firm root, they believe for a while, but in time of temptation, they will fall away. Luke 21, 8, Jesus says, see to it that you're not misled, for many will come in my name, saying, I'm he, and the time is near, do, no go, do not go after them. Um, and then again, the apostle Paul um, wrote, about this in many of his letters to the churches, which we have as God's word to us today. As he had said in Galatians 1, 6 through 7, I am amazed that you're so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. One chapter later, uh, verse 4, chapter 2. It was because of the false brethren secretly brought in who had sneaked in to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, in order to bring us into bondage. Um, when writing to Timothy, uh, his mentee, in chapter 1, verse 18 through 19, he says, This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in uh, accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. And in fact, he mentions uh, apostasy to Timothy um, at least three more times, uh, two, one more in that letter in First Timothy, and then two more in his second letter to him, Second Timothy chapter three and in chapter four. It's why in Hebrews three twelve, um, God's word says, "Take care, brothers, that there be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God." Uh, Three chapters later, in chapter 6, again, uh, the author of Hebrews mentions about apostasy. In chapter 10, he does. And then it, it, Peter, uh, in Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, says false prophets also among the people, just as that there will also be false, ta- false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, who bought them bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned, and in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. And again, uh, even Peter mentioned this again in the next chapter, chapter 3, a couple different times. It's in 1 John. Uh, Jude, the, the book of Jude, it talks about this uh, often. Uh, Jude 3 and 4 says, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to 
shall write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which is once for all handed down to the saints. For certain peoples have crept in unnoticed those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the Bible talks about it often. We shouldn't be shocked uh, and, and, and surprised as much as we are, um, but we are going to be hurt. Uh, and that's that's to be expected. That could be good because of our love for Jesus and what it represents to a lost world and how we want people to hear the gospel and see a good witness of it. So how should we respond and think about this? Um, so a couple of different things. First off, we need to know and remember that whenever someone that proclaimed to be a Christian and even showed so much fruit and was used by God and sharing the gospel and discipling and, and all other things, when at some point they denounce their faith, we should know that each one of those situations and scenarios is different. Um, we don't know what is going on in their life, the pain and a hurt that they could be going through. Again, whether they were originally doing that ministry, showing that fruit, and even being used by God because they were preaching an accurate, true gospel message, but maybe for the wrong motives. And again, not really ever receiving it, having saving faith themselves. I, I can't but help to think a little bit of some of the things that even Joshua Harris had gone through. I wasn't shocked myself. as Even again, people came to me and the rest of the world and Christians um, was shocked by it. I myself was not shocked. And God had used him, even in my life, so greatly. Um, his book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, although I, I definitely saw right away the potential legalism that could come out of it um, with the motive of writing to an audience, of sharing and showing that as Christians, we cannot and should not date the way the rest of the world does. I praise that. I, I, I highlighted that. I said amen to that because we shouldn't. Now, again, some of what he had said and mentioned and influenced in that, that book did go to an unhealthy extreme, but God used it in some mighty, mighty ways in student ministries that I shepherded and pastored and many others. And he had written other books, one on the topic of lust that to this day is still one of the best books I've ever read on that topic. He wrote a book on doctrine that the church I currently pastor, um, uh, that many people and other pastors had used to teach about theology with others. He wrote this book on uh, Stop Dating the Church and the importance of, uh, uh, of, of church membership and belonging. And again, everything that was written in it, it's biblical, it's, it's true, it's good. Um, God had used him and had, well, I believe, continued to use some of his writings and teachings uh, within the church. But again, I can't but help to think of some of the things that he personally has gone through. I mean, everything from the church that he used to pastor, a very, very well-known 
church that had a uh, church uh, that had a sexual abuse cover up and and scandal as he was the pastor although all those things happened before he was the pastor he was the one that was the shepherd of the church when it all came out when it went to court and uh, uh, can you imagine what a pastor would go through in the midst of that i i, I, I believe uh, don't quote me on this, but I believe he was actually even a part of the church, maybe an associate pastor or somebody just on the staff, not the, the, the lead pastor, when some of those things were even going on. And and then again, the uh, whole I kiss dating goodbye and, 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 and purity culture and the unhealthy extremes and legalism that came out of that. And he had even mentioned before denouncing his faith several years back, he had mentioned his uh, regret with a part of that. How, uh, how uh, he was so sorry and apologized and repentant of where it went into, which I'm glad he did. I, re- I remember getting into student ministry, recognizing early on how unhealthy some of those things were, uh, where the, the church in Columbus, Ohio, as soon as I became a student pastor at, um, they had the big uh, true love weights, uh, um, banquets, and the purity rings and some of those things. And again, it's great. We need to teach uh, <laughs> teenagers about abstinence. It's, it's biblical, but uh, it was with the kind of wrong motives and giving this unhealthy extreme. And I remember, I'm reading about it now, and I'm like, I taught that in student ministry a decade ago. But even how it was almost aligned with a version of the prosperity gospel where student ministries and student pastors, even with good intentions and heart, would would say uh, in a roundabout way that if you just save yourself for marriage, God is going to bless you and give you some of these type of things. And that's not the case. We do that for God, but that, that, that may not be God's will. We need to be content no matter what. Um, and, and so again, I remember getting rid of some of those things and instead focusing on biblical manhood, biblical womanhood, and uh, uh, preparing yourself in some of those type of ways, um, still teaching about purity and, 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 and the importance and the, the, the covenant of marriage. Um, uh, but again, just teaching some of those things instead of uh, this emotional, I'm going to save myself because God's going to bless and promise me um, this in the future. And so right away, I I saw the harm with that. But he just several years back, as he took a step back and was really apologetic with those things. Again, there's a lot that that guy was going through. Again, I I wasn't shocked that he came to a point after so much hurt, after seeing so much uh, uh, even kind of evil and how Satan has twisted and distorted some of those things with his church involvement, uh, with the sexual abuse cover up, and then even the the purity culture that came out of the result when people took uh, his book to the extreme. Um, and again, we just don't know what people are going through. Uh, each situation and each scenario is, is, is different. And so how we respond is, uh, uh, we need to have a balance an emotion, uh, and a spirit of, of righteous anger, but also of compassion and grace. We should get angry. And again, I say righteous, and we know that that is the only type of anger from God. And as sinful human beings, it's it's hard for us to have that type of anger. But it is okay to be angry when we hear about such stories at the devil. We should be angry at the devil. We should be angry about what um, that can say to someone who doesn't know Jesus, a pastor, a person, a former so-called Christian celebrity, um, now denouncing Christ and us knowing what Christ represents and who he truly is and as the hope of the world. And as we're continuing to try to share him, 
And all of a sudden, what a what a, a horrible witness that can be. And so there should be, and we shouldn't um, deny that there's going to be righteous anger out of that. But at the same time, we need to show compassion and grace to those people and in those situations. I can't but help to think of um, just, again, scenarios where I have seen and shepherded those who now deny the faith and the response that comes out of them when I was gracious and loving to them, when I told them I wasn't going to give up on them instead of getting sinfully angry at them. Uh, Russell Moore, when actually writing about these two scenarios that have made the news the last couple months in an article said this when it comes to compassion and grace to those people in these times. He said, quote, usually when someone walks away from the faith, some Christian or group of Christians, and usually in my circles, it's me, will quote 1 John 2.19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. But if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, which is 1 John 2.19. I've noticed sometimes, though, in my psyche, that I use those words as another way of saying we should have known you were a fraud from the beginning. But John's language there is not part of an argument with those who have left the faith, but a word of reassurance for those who remain. That the gospel advances and that the anointing of the Spirit is able to preserve them faithful to the end. And, 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 and that spirit and mindset, we need to again show compassion. We need to show grace. We don't need to believe and, and, and think that automatically, um, okay, they're not Christians. They're the false prophets that God's word talks about so often. And it does. But instead, we need to be reminded that maybe God is using this as a reminder of the, imper- the importance of endurance, the importance of perseverance. And at the same time, just as any other person who does not know Christ, that we are, again, showing compassion, showing God's love, His grace, and sharing the gospel with, that is what we need to do. Just because they have a background of church, of fruit from ministry, and now is anti-Christian and denouncing the faith, we need to make sure that we are sharing the gospel and loving them and showing that grace. They may not deserve it. They cannot earn it. But we instead share the message of we're all sinners. Jesus Christ, they may preach this message themselves, but they need it now. And so we continue and share that he loves them. Despite them walking away and now trying to lead others astray as we believe and think. That he still loves them. That he still died on the cross for them that he rose from the dead, and that through repentance and faith, they can still have what they don't believe anymore. They're denouncing, but they need still. And so we need to show still compassion, grace, share the gospel. And that is a time, that is a season, when when I ask how should we respond, that is a time and season that maybe God is using to allow us to examine our own life and doctrine. In fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, um, the Apostle Paul, when writing again to his mentee, 
uh, had talked about this. In fact, the very beginning of chapter 4, he talks about how some will depart from the faith. And he says in verse 1, now the Spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage, require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth for everything by God is good, created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is receiving with thanksgiving. For it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. And then he shares in the next several verses what it means and what it looks like to be a good servant of Jesus Christ and how we are to command and 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 teach such su- such things um, that no one uh, should despise us for our youth that we should be examples in speech conduct love faith um, purity uh, devote ourselves to scripture to the teaching of it to the exhortation of it to not neglect the the spiritual gifts that God has given us to practice such things immerse ourselves in them. And then he says at the very end of that chapter, verse 16, and again, in the same uh, context of uh, making sure that we know that some will depart from the faith and then going over with uh, what a servant of Jesus Christ and what we are to devote ourselves to. And then in verse 16, in that context, last verse of that chapter, he says to us, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. We need to remember in such times that that can be any one of us. I hate saying that. Like, even that coming out of my mouth, uh, my thoughts, I, I'm, I, I, it's probably pride. But I think that would never be me. And again, I go to that anger, whether it's righteous or not. How can somebody do this? Why would somebody do this? What is this going to look like to the rest of the world? But I can't. I must keep a close watch on myself, on my, on God's teaching, persist. And as the Apostle Paul, through the Holy Spirit, God speaking to us, says, we will both save ourselves and our hearers when doing so. It's, it's like we sing in the great hymn, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. But here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. The same grace that we need to show those people is the same grace we need. It is by God's grace that we continue to endure, to persevere, to not be an apostate ourselves. And so, last of all, in these type of situations... I really do truly believe that we must trust in God's sovereignty. He is in control. He knows. He's not shocked. Even when we are. But he can use it even. That's maybe him separating the sheep from the goat. Especially in a culture and especially in a country where it was so easy for us to go to church, proclaim to be Christian, but then do whatever the heck we wanted. And again, some of these examples and some of the people maybe were hurt the most by that are now apostates, uh, they showed tons of fruit. They weren't showing that hypocrisy that many so-called Christian Americans show. But 
we also must be reminded that it can be any one of us. It's happened throughout history. It's mentioned within Scripture. And that it is only by God's grace that we do and will continue to endure. We don't ever lose our salvation. People that end that way, they never weren't Christians in the the first place. Again, maybe doing, teaching, singing out of the wrong motives. But that doesn't go against what we should be doing and giving them grace. And then even watching our own life and doctrine personally. I believe God uses that as a reminder. And again, I believe that he is completely in control of those times, situations, those people. Some of those can be sheep wandering off. And God is going to pursue them. God is going to bring them back. And God may even want to use us in the midst of that. That could be somebody in our church or personally, again, that we're hurt by, but we shouldn't give up on. We should show that compassion, show that grace, show that love, share the gospel all over again. We should pray for them, love on them, and share the gospel again with them. And when it is done by so-called Christian celebrities, like I said in the beginning, we need to check our own hearts with why is this affecting us that much? Why is this such a big deal? Is it because we have put some of those type of people on pedestals? Again, it's in the Bible. It shouldn't be as shocking as that. Instead, it should just cause us to pray for them, to be able to uh, 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 watch our own life and doctrine closely. And those who are close, again, to us, to can never give up on them and share the gospel with them. So there will continue to be People that were proclaimed Christians, maybe are Christians, that will denounce their faith as the Bible shows and instructs. But we need to make sure that we view this in that way, as I just explained. So I hope that's helpful um, for not only these situations, future situations, where uh, those who show fruit as a Christian, those who we love and God has used in our life that preached an accurate, true gospel message, but that when they denounce their faith, we can be able to respond in the way that God wants us to.